Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 112 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so glad you're here today. Today, we are talking to the amazing Tasha L. Harrison, and it was such a flippin' treat to talk to her. Um, I often get just the best people to interview, don't I? I am so lucky that way. And I really connected with her. I love what she says about writing and, and, uh, we connect over a couple of other things that was super fun. And I'm her newest, biggest fan. I know you will be too. I'm going to keep this intro short because I'm fighting that bug that's going around or one of them anyway. I haven't gotten my flu shot yet, but I will, although I know it is late to do so. Um, don't at me, get your flu shot. But uh, what else is going on around here besides being sick? Well, being sick um, is because I went to an awesome Christmas holiday party and I went at one of our good friends' houses and the whole place was run amok with kids, kids everywhere, little ones, just like hip height everywhere. And I don't know how you parents do it. Those are little Petri dishes. And if I even look at a kid, I get sick. So you guys are amazing. Uh, although I do like them. And... Um, what else? I did something kind of cool this week. I signed up for a co-working space. It's a community co-working space. So it's cheaper than the two to $400 co-working spaces that are plentiful in Oakland. Um, this one is just $50 a month and I can go a couple times a week. And I went on Monday for the first time because I had to record a podcast and there was, um, work being done at the house. So I couldn't do it inside the house. And it was really great. I'm looking forward to using that space. I started off at the 50 buck a month level, um, just to see if I use it. If I don't use it, I'll immediately cancel it. Uh, but there is something nice about being in a space where everybody is working, uh, that is not a library or a cafe and a place where I can get up and leave my computer on the table and go to the bathroom and make another cup of tea. Um, that is, that is reassuring. I really like that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, otherwise, I'm working on page proofs for the thriller, and I need to enter the copy edits for The Last Romance, TM, and get that up there. Uh, but I'm really not doing much of anything this week. Classes are coming to an end. The memoir class at Stanford is over, and my novel class at Berkeley is almost over. It's over on Tuesday. And of course, that's why I'm getting sick. I've been doing a little bit too much, um, as is sometimes my want. So, uh, for the last two days, I've been lying in bed watching reality television. And when I say reality television, I mean the real housewives, cause there's really nothing else like it to turn your brain off is to watch the inanity of these women. I just, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but yes, real housewives of New York is my jam when I'm sick. So that's what I've been doing. I hope that you've been having a wonderful time. Um, thank you to all patrons over at patreon.com slash Rachel. Thank you to new patrons, Ariana Grace, Ishani Sen, Rosa Quinones, and um, at the level that gets her 
um, a half hour of coaching with me every month. Um, welcome to Willow Woo. So I got the best names this week. Uh, so that's pretty freaking awesome. If you ever want to just, um, have a monthly coaching, kick your butt cheerleading session with me once a month, you can do that over at patreon.com slash Rachel. Thank you to everyone who supports me and helps me write these essays. Um, the replenish book is done and people really liked the last, um, in the last essay in that book. And the next book I think is going to be, um, on addiction and recovery. So, uh, if you're interested in any of that, um, kind of recovery for the normal mortal, um, go over and sign up, see what I do over there. It's pretty fun. And I really, really, really appreciate it. So on that note, please enjoy this interview with Tasha L. Harrison. I know that I had a fantastic time. I hope that you do too. I hope you're not getting sick. I hope you're getting some of your writing done and please come over to howdoyouwrite.net and tell me how you are, what you're doing, what you're up to and how the writing is going. Happy writing to you. Have you been sending out that perfect query letter and hearing crickets? Well, did you know that I am the query letter whisperer? I honestly love to work on them and they get results. Lorena Hughes, the award-winning author of The Sisters of Alameda Street says, with just a few clever tweaks, Rachel Heron transformed my long and wordy proposal into a sharp query letter that got me agent requests the very next day. I honestly live for fixing query letters. They're like puzzles in my brain. What I do is I overhaul the good drafting that you've already done. I don't write the rough draft for you. I do rearrange your ideas into exactly what the industry expects and responds to for the low, low price of 100 bucks. If you're interested, just go to rachelherron.com slash query and see more information and more testimonials from satisfied clients. Now onto the interview. All right. Well, I could not be more excited today to welcome to the show, Tasha L. Harrison. Hi, Tasha. Hi. Thanks so much for being here today. This is um, such a treat for me. Let me give you a little introduction. Uh, Tasha L. Harrison is a romance and erotica author, freelance editor, and creative entrepreneur who is dedicated to helping new and aspiring word makers become authors. And we were just talking before the show, I heard you on Carolyn Donahue's show, The Secret Library, and I, you guys were nerding out. And yeah. I was also just nerding out in my car. I couldn't, I couldn't even bear it. So, um, I immediately came and contacted you to see if you'd be on my show. And the reason for that is you guys talked a lot about process. And mm. this is a show about process because I am, I'm a nerd about process. I'm always looking for the secret bullet, you know, the magic bullet that will make writing easier. And I know that there is no such thing. And I love people right. who are not, I love, I love everybody who talks about their writing path, but I really enjoy people who talk about the writing path and they don't take it. Uh, they don't make it precious, you know, and magical and, and yeah. mystical. I mean, so can you talk about your process, how that works? Well, I mean, my first book, I pantsed it. It was crap. It was 120,000 words of crap. <laughs> and I spent four years uh, after that tearing it apart, learning how, you know, what story structure, what's plot progression, what's all this stuff. And now I've kind of arrived at a point where um, my actual process starts with, I have to know the beginning, I have to know the end, and I have to know the black moment, like where the conflict peaks. If I know those three things, I probably can wing it for a while. Um, most of the time I'll try to write the first act before I, you know, 
really get those down and saw it. I'm like, okay, this is definitely the end. This is definitely mm-hmm. the black moment. But yeah, but that's the way I like to start. Um, but I also do like to plan. Almost of my planning is character development. I feel like I need to know everything Me about too. everything. Like, what did you eat your boogers when you were a kid? Like, <laughs> what type of person are you? Like, I need to know everything there is to know about the characters. And once I feel like I'd know that, then there's, I can throw anything at them. Even if my mind concocts some crazy scenario in the middle of the night and I wake up in the middle of the night and on my Scrivener for iOS. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Come it out and then wake up in the morning like, what is this? And we're like, okay, well, this could work. We can make this work, you know? Because you know your characters and everything. I believe in my books and I think in a lot of people's books, everything springs from character and, mm-hmm. and what will hurt them the most and what will make them squirm the yes. most is the thing that we bring in. So, but let's talk about knowing the end. I, I'm so jealous. The end is the one thing I never know. I always know the beginning. I know the context shifting midpoint and I know the dark moment. And, but I never have an ending at all. And I'm, I'm so jealous of that. And also while you're talking about that, <laughs> talk about what you were talking about on the other podcast about, um, back, backwardsing it because I saw on your blog yeah. that it didn't suck. Yeah. So it did let, not suck. Tell us it all about actually that. got me out of my rut because, okay. So I wrote what I thought was the end, but it was really an epilogue, okay? So <laughs> for months, I've been trying to figure out, like, what is the ending to this freaking book? And I was talking to my friend, Katie, who I also have a podcast with, um, and she was like, well, maybe that's not the end. And it, and it was such a simple thing to say. And I was like, oh, you're right. It's not the end. <laughs> but we can't say it. We can't see that. And we need somebody else well, to I couldn't even it see it. I was yeah. too close. Yeah. So um, I went back into my character you know, development workbook. And I was like, okay, well, this is the person I want him to be in the end. Mm -hmm. So what needs to happen? Like, what does his, if this is who he's going to be in the end, then how do I get him there? What happens to get him there? So I write that. It was like, okay, I wrote how I want him to be in the end. And then from there, I was like, okay, so this is an actual scene. I'm mentioning things that I don't even know what happened. Like, uh, I guess these things happened. I was like, okay, so I have kind of a framework. And then I worked back in the next chapter, started the next chapter using mm-hmm. that last chapter as kind of like a framework for the one before it. Was this then- revision to what you'd already written or is no. this, this is original work? This is all words. And how far words. had you written in the book before you did this? I was all the way, I, I wrote all the way up to the conflict. So okay. I've written conflicts. Okay. And I didn't like, I was just stuck after that. I was like, okay, so there's a super sappy, happy ending. Cause I write romance. I was like, oh, this is a really gooey ending. <laughs> this conflict is horrible. How do I, I, I can't make these connect. Oh, I can't make it make great. sense. So that's what I did. Like I backed it up. And once I did that, it opened everything up. And I, I think a lot of times, and talking to other authors, people think just because you read it, like Caroline was saying, from front, like from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end, you think you have to write it that way. I've never been that kind of writer. I've never written in a straight line. I will open up something like, oh, what looks good to me today? Oh, I like this one and I'll write it. And then piece it all together afterwards, which is why I like Scrivener. Yeah. But I couldn't. I just couldn't make it work. But then, like, right after, I was like, I can wait until NaNoWriMo. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> and after, like, right after we hopped off the call, like, I wrote I wrote that last chapter. And then I wrote the one before. I was like, this is going to work. This is so crazy. It's going to work. So now that book is in revision. That's super exciting. Super, that is super, right? 
super exciting because what I always do is I write up to the dark moment and then I, and for every single book and I write in multiple genres, including romance, which I love, um, which is getting harder for me to write. But, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I write up to the dark moment and then I get so stuck. I usually bash my head against the wall for like, you know, a week or two. And then I remember that this is my process and I go back to the beginning and revise all the way up to then. And then I usually find out something. And I, and I know I, I, my, I preach, don't revise as you go. That's what I believe in. But, but sometimes when you get to that point, when you're trying to figure out what is happening here, it does help you to go back and read what you've already written. But one other thing I want to suggest, if you're not a journaler, like if you don't have a writing journal, I do not have a writing journal. I have a normal journal. Yeah. Just have a writing journal. Oh, that's just a writing journal. I just feel like you just blew my mind with an obvious thing that I should have. I have all the other journals. Yeah. You have, I mean, I'm a journal and a planner. I have a problem with paper. It's an issue. (laughs) It might be an addiction. Um, but (laughs) I have a, a a journal that I keep separate just for that writing that particular project. Like I'll start it. Matter of fact, my computer is sitting on it. If I had it, I'll show you now. But um, so I'll start a journal just for that. And I'll do all my character development in there. And I will daily, like after I finish what I'm writing, write down, did this, did I accomplish what, well, before I start the scene, this is what needs to happen in this scene. This is who's going to be in this scene and leave it at that. Then come back later in the day after I've already written it and said, well, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in this scene? How do I feel about what I wrote today? How do I feel about writing today? Did I hate it? Um, you know, that sort of thing. And that has helped me nail down my process more than anything else. Just keeping, it's kind of like a, a, a habit tracker yeah. or like all your emotional crap that you go through when you're, you're writing. Because every time you go through it, it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I hate this book. I want to kill myself. Burn it all. <laughs> it's like, and then it takes you a couple of weeks and you're like, wait a minute. I do this every time. But if you, I mean, literally it textbook, it never changes textbook every time. <laughs> same amount of words, same, you know, like same point, same act. I, I can get it like down to the page number. I'm like, oh, I'm coming up on page 215. Here comes the crazies. I can't stop it. It happens every time. <laughs> But at least I know it's coming and I'm trying to figure out a way to get beyond it. I think that um, knowing your process is is a way for you to hack your anxiety around stuff like that. So that's absolute genius. My wife is always she's my habit tracker. She's like, you know, I'll say this (laughs) is the worst book that has ever, ever, ever been written. And she's like, well, I think you got another 40 pages of that, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) she's the one who knows because I don't, we we lose track of it when we're in the middle of that forest. And I am going to start doing that immediately. And you're, this is like episode 111 or something like that. And nobody's ever mentioned that before. So I'm immediately, see there, maybe that's my magic bullet that I've been looking for. Maybe that's your bullet. (laughs) I I mean, because I'm, I'm an addictive journaler. Like I, I, I write down everything. I journal how much I ate today. Did I sweat a lot today? Like, what was that about? You know what I mean? Like, I just, um, I counted up. I've written over a hundred thousand words in my journal just this year, just this damn year, just of crap. I've gone through three composition books, like the regular ones. I I, I stopped buying the cutesy ones (laughs) because like, no, I'm not going to spend 15 bucks on a moleskin when I know I'm going to be done it in a week. No, I need just a regular old, college rule composition book 
and I write my feelings down in that. I like a spiral I, bound. I, 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 I like a cheapo spiral. I, mm-hmm. I also like the, simple. the Midori, though, the Midori Traveler's Journal. I have gone down that route. So so what I did, because I love those, um, but I don't like keeping everything separate. Like, I don't like to have, like, a um, like a separate traveler's journal for just my writing, a separate journal for just my planning. Right. So, so I just do? got bigger. I got a bigger composition size um, one from Chick Sparrow. I can put that in there. I put um, like a composition size uh, planner in there. All my craps in there, girl. Wait, explain this to me in more detail because I don't know what Chick Sparrow is. So, uh, so you keep okay, so the- it's a traveler's notebook like that, <gasps> right? Like uh-huh. it has the rubber bands in there, and you uh-huh. can put different notebooks in. So instead of me having like just a separate little cutesy thing for my co- my composition books because they get beat up, they have the paper cover. You have to cover them, right? So I I was doing that, which you were doing with like you know. The, the travel narrow. notebook, but it was, but it's so narrow. It's so narrow. Also, I write really fat and I like, I would get frustrated. It's got so three words on a line. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> A, B, C. Uh, crap. <laughs> next line, next line. Ran out of space. Let me write in the margin. <laughs> so that started getting really annoying to me. So I was like, I need a bigger one. And then I went up to an A5 size, which was good because that's like the size of a regular, um, like a regular Moleskine uh-huh. notebook, their large one. I was like, nope, I need it bigger. <laughs> I need it bigger. So they have a composition size one, and you can get it with all the bells and whistles. They have po- pockets. Stop um, it. Oh. And there's like all of that quick, like that stuff that you do, Dying. that you yes. need for it. But it's like this thick, but everything in is in there. Everything is in there. So Not- you have your normal journal. You have your writer's journal. What else, What other kind of journals do you have? My planner. Your planner. My planner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you can get them. They hold as like they hold as many as six. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not cheap, but it's worth it. People it's like worth- you and me who have this addiction. I don't buy clothes. I don't buy anything else. This is my this is my addiction. So as soon as as soon as we're hanging up, I'm gonna spend some money. I, I swear <laughs> to you, I did not. Plan I mean, this. I wish you. I wish we had talked on Black Friday because they had a huge sale. Oh. I might be able to catch. I'll, I'll I look. mean, they do another one around Christmas time too. So okay. if you're not burning to have one now, you can wait till Christmas. Jeez, why are so many people texting me? <laughs> you're very popular. They, they know you're on <laughs> air. The red light is not on. Okay, so what is Man, your I can't mute them. <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Drafting. I am one of those people who do not like the drafting process. I, I love planning. I love revising. I love drafting revising. can die in a fire. Like I just want to pull all my teeth out. So how do you I get really through it? It's that's why I do so much work around process because it feels like I like if once I get the muscle memory in, it won't be so hard. I don't know if that's true. It's probably a lie, but (laughs) I'm going to keep trying forever to just make that process easier. And also I just schedule the time in like, okay, you have to write these three things right now. Do it now. If it's crap, that's fine. Revision. That's what revision is for. Perfect. Yeah. Get the words in. Close document. You really just, I really, that, that's the only way I can do it. That's the only way and I half the time when it. I'm thinking that I just wrote a 2000 words of crap. And then when I go back and revise, I'm like, Ooh, girl. Because, good. Who wrote? because I was, I was just telling a class I'm teaching last night. I, I really believe that our voices, our voices, our voices, our voice. And the days that I feel like I am the worst writer in the world are probably, I'm probably like this much less good than I normally am. And the days that I am the best writer that's ever lived, I'm this much better than I usually am. It's always pretty much on this steady line. Rachel writes like this. You, Tasha, write like this. And when we go back, we can't tell what the bad days were. 
Nope. Yeah. Nope. No, well, unless I look at my journal, but. <laughs> I'm starting the journal thing tomorrow. You're blowing my mind tomorrow. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Uh, having written. Um, <laughs> I like the part where, you know, and this is, you are not supposed to talk about this part, but I like the part where I, I know that other people have read my book. And like, not even just like leaving reviews, but like people close to me, other fellow writers around like, Oh my God, it's so good. Like you don't even have to post it anywhere. As soon as I start getting that, that validation, like, Oh, I didn't waste three months. (laughs) You know, that feels good. And, um, I don't know. I just love writing. I love working with other writers. My life right now is pretty much all about writing like a, a, I'm, I grew up to be the nerd that I was in, in high school. Like I read books, I write books. I help other people write books. That's pretty much my life. That's what I do. Uh, Isn't it feel like the dream come true? Yeah. It's literally like I, I, the dream come true. It really needs to be like, I, yeah. I'm like, when can I stop working in my day job? And this can be like my real job, but yeah, just having that community, which was so hard to find when you were a kid like just be so easy now, like you, well, social media makes everything easy. You follow a hashtag, you find a friend. I know. So uh, that's, that's probably my joy. Just being able to have like such a concentrated life that's focused on writing. It's like my favorite thing ever. I love that. I love knowing that my best friends in the world, best friends in the writers. world, like heart friends, they're writers. They know every single thing that, you know, and, and writers, always want to talk about writing. And when we talk to people who are not writers, the back of our head is still thinking about writing 100% of the time. The only time that we're really happy is when we're writing, we're talking about writing, right? The, uh, yes. Do you know that? Do you know that? <laughs> you uh, just spoke my life. Right? I mean, I have other friends that are creatives and I can talk to them for a while too. But once they start getting, like, I have a bunch of friends who are photographers. So once they start talking about photography, my brain is just right? like a gnat. It's gone <laughs> off. Like, okay. But they could talk about it this- forever. Ever. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a glory. I think it's Gloria Steinem, um, who said, uh, writing is the one thing that when I do it, I don't feel like I should be doing something else. <laughs> it feels like a worthy, a worthy pass. It feels like almost like mm, this feels frivolous. I could be like washing clothes, but yeah, I yeah. never do it. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm in the right you know? spot. Well, can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Uh, it was probably the character development. Don't skimp on the character development. Even if you, um, I have a lot of, like, if you you talk to writers that that write like historicals or if they write, uh, sci-fi or something like that, like nobody really cares about the characters. They care about the world. I'm like, yeah, but the world is built around the characters. You need to know how they're going to move through this world. You can't have this fully developed world and not know who your character is. They're just going to be some stick figure and we're not going to care. If they get blown up, no one's going to care. Stop reading your book. And that's a big book. Sci-fi books are fat. <laughs> They're huge. You need to hook. You need to hook me on this character in the first two chapters. I'm just gonna be like, nope, I don't care. So yeah, definitely character development. Do it however you feel. I mean, there's. I like interviews. Mm-hmm. I like. And I by like interviews, you say to somebody who's new, you mean actually sitting down and interviewing your character, right? Yes. On paper. Yeah. yeah. Then writing the answers from their point of view yeah. instead of me as the, writing as the character. Yeah. Um, I love interviews. I love, uh, oh, archetypes. I could get lost. Now, what kind like of archetypes I... do you look at? Uh, do you do Enneagram or do you do? Mm, no, no, no. Just straight up Greek mythology. Oh, okay. And um, I've done some around Zodiac. I love to use tarot, tarot. In my role, like, to mix it up. Right Girl, here. Yeah. 
So like if I want to mix it up, like I, I'm bored with this. Where is it going? Pull a card. Or if uh, my ultimate goal one day is to write a whole book using tarot. I don't know if I could do it. It seems a little stressful. But, <laughs> I mean, because it's just up in the air, you know, yes. like. I think it could work. So, I've often had that thought and I think it could absolutely work because everything, you know, is open. It's well, it's all open to interpretation until I got the 10 of swords this morning. And I'm like, what? That's not open to interpretation going no, down. Swords no. <laughs> certain cards you get like do over. I'm shuffling this again. <laughs> I know. That must have been an accident. <laughs> not my card today. <laughs> so speaking of writing and how we always want to talk about writing, what is your geekiest thing? What's the thing you're most excited to talk about writing when you, what's the thing you can't shut up about in writing? Probably characters in tarot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much characters in tarot because like tarot feels like this tiny window into like understanding. It's basically like crackpot psychology. You know what I mean? Like knowing how someone is, what, what tarot archetype they are will define how they react to things too. But it also gives you some juicy things. Like if you do a reading on the character, like it gets, you know, you are gets- freaking me out because I've only been doing tarot now for six months and I am, I don't even know if I've ever talked about it on the show. I am so into it. Uh, it, it That's is, how it happens. It's so useful. And it's very useful. I use it like I, when I first got the deck, my friend Katie got me the deck because she had been taking a tarot class because that's what she does. Mm. She's one of those people who's like, oh, I like this. I'm going to take a class and bury myself in it for six months. So she was taking the class. I'm like, what did you learn? Like, what do you even know? <laughs> and she was like, do you want to know? And then I spent the whole weekend telling me about it. I was like, I want a tarot deck. I want a tarot deck. But I couldn't decide which one I wanted. And she bought me one for my birthday like three years ago. It was a wrap. Which which tarot deck is it? Uh, the Fountain Tarot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first one, and I have for that fountain. The Fountain Tarot I use for like just my regular personal stuff. That's like, that's my it's... that's my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> the Fountain Tarot is my therapist, but I have another deck called the Illus Tarot deck. Um, it's by Ritual Tarot, and it has like pop icons. So they're kind of like oh, I've seen that one on Instagram. So it'll have isn't there one like yeah, Beyonce's okay, really, that that one? Yes, she's, Queen of yeah yeah that one Swords probably I forget yeah she she should be. she should be <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not but, um she's not but but <laughs> when I first got it I was like oh I could, I'm gonna use this because it feels it feels fun but I didn't like it for like everyday use, but I love it for writing because it already has, like you look at the card, it already has a firm archetype. Like you're looking at this card, the mm-hmm. archetype is the person on the card. So you start thinking about whatever role they play in their acting or singing or whatever their What thing a great is. idea. You pull the David Bowie card and you know where you're going. Have you read the creative tarot? No, but that's next in my, my list of things to buy. I, I'd habitually use Tarot for Writers by Corinne. What is her last? I can't have that one. That's a good one. Tarot for Writers is it's really good. It's a really good starter book. Okay, Um, I'm still totally starting. And yeah, it'd be perfect for you then. It's a really good starter book, but there's also like some really complex, um, like spreads in there. That every time I try them, like my brain breaks. It's just, it's that I good. Get, my brain breaks on a two-card spread right now. I'm just... <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> I 
yeah, like the first year I was like one card. I'm pulling this. I pulled one card a day for like almost 24 months. And Katie was like, I think you're ready to pull more than one. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I was just so wrapped up in trying to memorize what they were. Yeah. And yeah. you had, to, I had to get past that. Like, okay, just think intuitively. Like you already know enough about this. Just use your intuition. And, and it got easier after that. But And for the people who are listening and are freaking out because they have no idea what tarot is, you know, it can be used for divination. But the way I prefer to use it is really a, a, a walkway into my subconscious that I don't, I don't know what my subconscious feels. Girl. I like that. Right? Because as soon as I see the card, I suddenly know what I think about the situation, but I did not know it 32 seconds ago. And it's truth. And, you can and by the truth. way, by the way, that's how tarot works when you go to see a tarot reader as well. Because right. if you're a person who's open, you know, I think you have to be, you're, open. you're sitting across this is, yeah, like you have to be open to it. And even if you're just kind of kind of open and a little bit skeptical, you're still going to get that reading. The, the reader is going to be like, so you don't believe in this shit. Right, right. <laughs> and now I'm about to make you believe, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely like it just uh, kind of breaks down that wall, you yeah. know, like that you keep. And I want to call that reason and logic. Like there's a wall that's just like, no, this is not reasonable. No one would logically do these things. Yes. And you keep bumping up against that. Yes. And then you see the card and you're like, well, that makes total sense. <laughs> you and know? That's what broke me down was a good friend of mine is an incredibly skilled tarot reader. And I didn't believe it, but I was open. I was like, well, just, you know, show me what this can do. Show me what, what it can do. And she did. And I, and I was like, oh, no, it works. Because every single it's thing true. she laid down and explained, and and she knows me well enough that she could also see, like you know, this is nobody else could get this card but you right now. And next to mm-hmm. these cards, this is your life, and this is what you're working on. So it's right, really cool. Um, if it's people are that. listening, there is a writer um, named Angie Green who wrote the Simple Tarot, uh, who who created the Simple Tarot, which is a uh, tarot, a really good tarot deck to start with. It actually has the keywords written on. Um, the the little explanation book is super simple, yeah, and yeah. I really oh, wow. love it. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter, and I think it's just available now. So I highly recommend. That's how I also, got into uh, the Kool Aid. Uh, Caroline does Caroline does a writing with tarot course. Oh, Caroline of so- Secret Library Podcast. She does a writing with tarot course. Yes, and it's excellent. You've taken it, okay? Then I'm gonna no, but I've seen the I've seen all the the back end stuff, and I'm just oh. like, oh, so dope, oh. <laughs> you know? Oh. Yeah, but she she does do that, and like she she the the class goes um along the path of the writer so it's like it it's teaching you about mm. tarot and who you are as a writer as well as telling you how to read tarot for your story so it's like it's two courses in one that's so cool i'm going to go there after i go to the the planner site chick sparrow that's right that's right Look, oh my gosh so that was very exciting to talk about thank you um i gotta come down now <laughs> what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Um, I'm really into Alyssa Cole's oh, yeah. uh, Reluctant Royals, yes. her Reluctant Loyals. Oh my God, I'm so into those because, well, she's a friend, first of all, but also like she does historical so well. And then to see her do a contemporary spin on it. Wasn't that and fun? I'm usually not, yes, it's so fun. And I'm usually like, I don't get this, like, I don't know how this could work in real life you know like yes it can work in a hallmark movie movie but i don't know if i want to read a book on it but um 
she told when she was just batting around the idea for princess in theory, I was like, this is so good. This is so good. And then I read the book and I was dying. Did you Ah, see, she just made the notables book list for 2018. Like uh, up there with all. Yes. In that, in that list, I was so ready for that. And she deserves it. it. With two, Two black cover, a romance yes. writer. I mean, she just broke so many barriers that I, I know her DMs were like crazy. Yep. <laughs> I, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is so amazing. <laughs> I mean, and then she's just an excellent writer and just like a really sweet person. She's always, um, when I wrote my, my first book, she, she was the she was the one who really bigged it up. Like anytime somebody put a microphone in front of her face, she was like, "You got to read in her closet by Tasha L. Harrison. It's so good." Blah blah. blah. She did it for like a year. She didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. That's perfect. What would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you and tell us about your latest book? Uh well, my latest book is going to be the second in the duet. Uh, called The Truth Duet. The first was The Truth of Things, and the second book is The Way Things Are. Um, it's a cop romance, but it's not a traditional cop romance. It's not like he 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 wants to be a superhero, but, you know, the world is working against him in that way. Um, but super sweet. Like, it's like the sappiest shit I've ever written. Yay! <laughs> like, they really don't have any conflicts between them. Like, mostly the conflict is the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? that they're that I've written them into. Um, I've also recently published. Yeah. It was like, if you're going to, cause the, 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 the center of the conflict is police brutality and it's not like based on a race thing. It's just police brutality across the board, which I'm really proud of myself. Cause I wrote that book and I did not say anything about white, anything. I was surprised by myself. Uh, <laughs> I would have I mean, supported like, you in doing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cause I didn't want, I didn't want people to be like, Oh, this is just, you know, this is her bashing white cops. I was like, no, I'm just bashing the system. The system itself is broken. And I wanted to have a conversation about it like I needed to make it make sense which I didn't really succeed in um but I feel like at the end of this book too I have rewritten uh a happy ending in a way that makes sense for me in this world like where to start off like a Mm. a jumping off um I also recently published uh my basic character creation workbook I saw that pages of how to learn everything you need to fucking know about your character. So <laughs> listeners, if you have been thinking about what Tasha is saying in here and wondering how she does her characters, that is for you to pick up today. It's 14 bucks. That's super cheap. Um, I don't know what to tell you. If you can't spring for the $14. Then... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, everybody keeps saying, everybody keeps telling me this is too cheap. I'm like, look, I don't want price to be a barrier. I just want yeah. people to have this information Yeah, because I'm a freelance editor as well. And these are things that I come up against when I'm editing books for people. Like when, whenever I tell people I found a hole in their plot, they're like, how did you see that? I was like, oh, because your character development doesn't make any sense. This is why it doesn't make any sense. It's mm. always easy to me. Like they think it's a superpower that I know this. I'm like, oh my God, how do you know this? I just know what characters are supposed to do. Tell and us, if you do. Tell us the title of the book I, again. Sorry. The Basic Character Creation Workbook is the longest title ever. But it's very SEO friendly. Like that's what people <laughs> are looking that's for. That's why I made it so long. It's like, <laughs> I need a character workbook. I need a basic character workbook. That's fabulous. 
That is so, so those good. are the two things that I'm pimping right now. Um, you can find all of that at TashaLHarrison.com. Perfect. Um, and also, I edit, so if you need one of those, you can do that too. And your rates are really reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking That's at them. part of the conversation. I mean, yes, my rates are very reasonable. I have flat rates because I don't want editing to be a barrier to writing a good book. Yeah. Because I know I've, I've had... I've had several editors and it's always when I wasn't making any money off of my books, like it was a consideration is like, can I afford editing right now? Or do I just send this to six of my friends and see if they can catch the, the you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a very different, a very different book comes out of your six friends trying to catch mistakes and me sending it to an editor. Um, and I paid as much as 2,500 bucks for an editor, which is they go by the word. not out of, out of the norm. Oh, right. Common. That's actually low, yeah. you know, that's yeah. out of all the estimates I had gotten, she was the lowest. Yeah. So, and that's not to knock. I mean, everybody's got to eat. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But, um, but yeah, no, you, uh, so. you shot to the top of my, my list to recommend. Cause I kind of, I've gotten, gotten out of editing cause it was killing me. How do you do it? How do you, I teach and I coach, but editing for some reason takes a lot of energy away from my own writing. How do you man- um, maintain that? Time blocking. Yeah. Time blocking. I have to. Um, I use the Pomodoro method. I Love do it. four sessions with just uh, me editing and then whatever Pomodoro sessions I do after that, that's just my writing. And at first I was afraid to limit it to just four sessions because I'm like, I'm not going to get it done. But I do. You do. Okay. And you're doing the traditional Pomodoro 25 minute. Mm-hmm. Oh. 25 minutes on, five minutes off. Okay. Because... I'm very good when I have a timer going. It's like headphones on, timer going, spa music in my head. Yep. <laughs> like I can't even listen to words. Like no, I just need like I need Tibetan bowls. Just <laughs> knock on some bowls, some singing bowls for 25 minutes and I can get this done. No, seriously. That's I mean, and I've never I tried the singing of, bowls. It's like a it's like a meditation thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like I'm dropping down into meditation so yeah. I can just get it done. And then the timer goes off, I get up, I stretch, I drink water, come back, do it again. You're so That's cool. <gasps> no, I I'm like not. you so much. <laughs> this has been so devastatingly fun to record in ways that I did not even predict. <laughs> Blow your mind. <laughs> and now I have to hang up with you so I can go shop. So <laughs> Tasha, thank you so much for being here. It really so means the world. And this was so wonderful. So thank you. have thank a good you. night in in your hometown. You've got your you've already reached wine o'clock and I approve. Yes. So. <laughs> it's wine o'clock. <laughs> All right, Tasha. Thank you. We'll talk All right. soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.